Greetings to all people of the nations. Welcome. This is After Service Live. And uh, as usual, I'm Luby. Luby Olombo Ugo. That is my name. And I am so pumped. I am so happy to be here. This, I think today's episode, well, among the two, I think I love this one better. What we are about to talk about. But as usual, I am not alone. Uh, I have two guests. This time we have mixed the gender. It is not just ladies or, 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 or gents. Um, I think I'll give them time to introduce themselves. Tell us who they are and what they do. Uh, welcome, welcome. We can start here. Hello, everyone. Um, I'm David Ngene. Yeah, I'm born again. And I'm a student at Jomo Kenyatta University of Agriculture and Technology. Yes, and I do commerce, finance. And I'm glad to be here. Thank welcome, you. Welcome, welcome. You and me both, brother. Yeah. <laughs> um, praise the Lord. Buenas ifiwe. How are we all doing? Hoping we are well. My name is Wendy uh, Seda. I'm in my third year uh, student here at the Jomo, uh, University, Jomo Kenyatta University of Agriculture and Technology. And yes, I pursue Bachelor of Science in Physiotherapy. Thank you. And thank you so much. And as, as, as I'm sure we have seen, today's topics are, oh, well, we'll begin with a topic, divine dialogue. Divine dialogue. That's, that's prayer for those who are, who are wondering. Um, and I think our first question, we can start simple. Um, what is divine dialogue? What is prayer? And why do we pray? I think, Seda, you can, you can start us off with that. Yes, thank you. Uh, prayer, I would define prayer as communing with God. It is us, it's, it's a dialogue where we, also, we talk to God and he also gets to answer us through his will or rather he communicates back to us through his word uh, when we read it through the Bible. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. I'll also add that um, prayer is also a means of grace that God has given unto us to, yeah, as a means of grace. Yeah, and uh, as she said, we get to talk to God, we get to commune with God. And so, um, yeah, we, we ought to pray. And also another thing is that uh, God, God has ordained to answer some of his promises all his promises that he has he has uh, promised in the Bible through the prayers of the saints. So I think we need to pray uh, because God God is ready to answer us, but uh, God is uh, is ready to fulfill His promises. But if we don't pray, then I think we we are denying Him your chance that chance of Him. Uh, fulfilling what he has said that he will do to the prayers. That means that I, it, it does not mean that uh, the will of God will not be be accomplished, but it means that uh, we might be missing out on what God wants to really give us through prayer. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the, the God we serve is omnipresent and he is omniscient. That means he is everywhere and he knows all things. So why do we still have to tell him? Why why do we still go, have to go um, in a room somewhere and talk to him? What does that accomplish? 
Um, I'd say we have to pray. <coughs> Number one, prayer helps us in building our relationship with Christ. It's very important for us to have a relationship with him. And it is through prayer that we actually, when we pray and we sometimes present our, and when we present our needs to God, the only way that he'd talk back to us is sending us back to his word. And when we read his word, then we get to know what is true and what is not true. So prayer would really help us to build our relationship with him. Again, prayer does not change God and it, it changes us. So it's a means of sanctification. We, we get sanctified the more we pray. The, um, I think the best gift that we can ever get from God when we pray is the gift of the Holy Spirit. And you see when the Holy Spirit is in you, it convicts you of your sins. I mean the Holy Spirit is there to be a helper. So I think it also offers sanctification. So yes, again we pray because number one, uh, in Ephesians, we are being told chapter 5 verses 1 that we ought to be imitators of God. Christ is God himself. He prayed even though God is omnipresent. He, he knew the will of the Father. He is God himself. But he still had to pray. As we also pray to offer the worship of obedience to the Father. He, he desires that we be obedient, that we obey him. So yes, as we pray, we offer the worship of obedience to him. Hmm. Okay, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, um, maybe something. I think prayer is not only about, you know, just asking God to give you this and give you that. But also in prayer, there's this uh, acronym we use, ACTS. We, in prayer, we get to adore God. So, like, we get to adore God, just worship Him and exalt His name. We also get to confess our sins. Yeah, and also get to thank God for what he has done in our lives. So it's not only about, um, yes, God is omniscient, God, God uh, knows um, uh, knows what we need, nini, nini, and all that, but also it's also a, 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 a place of adoring him and worshiping him and going to him in, uh, when we confess our sins and we thank him. Yeah, so... I think there are many reasons why we should pray. Hmm. I think, Seda, there is something you had mentioned which I'd like to dig a bit deeper. You said that prayer does not change God. Uh, but if I read my Bible, in James 5.16, there is a verse that says, uh, Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Um, well, if prayer doesn't change God or his will, then, then, then what does the Bible talk about when it says that the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much? Um, when the Bible talks about fervent prayer, to begin with, fervent prayer is prayer made passionately to God. And when one makes, be, before you get to a point where you can passionately pray to God, it's first of all coming to an understanding that your only option is God. Understanding that you cannot get help from anyone else or rather somewhere else but God. So when we pray, we pray fervently, we pray passionately and we present our needs to God. Um, it may or may not be answered. Number one, God is sovereign and he does as he wills and we cannot change the will of the Father. 
So uh, if we pray in accordance to his will, his prayer could be answered. Could, our prayer could be answered. But again, it also brings about the aspect of time. He says in his word that um, at the right time, I, the Lord, will make it happen. You could be fervent in prayer, pray so passionately, acknowledging that he is your only source of help. But unless it's in accordance to his will and time, it could probably take uh, time as we may think. Because uh, again, our time and God's time sometimes kind of differ. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Um, David, at least you can help us uh, demystify persistence in prayer. Uh, I think the Bible the Bible talks about the woman and the unjust judge. Um, that is in Luke chapter 18, verse 1 to 8, and, and, and where we are encouraged to be persistent in prayer. But um, our sister has just told us that, um, well, if it is not in the Lord's will, then our prayers may not be answered. So, um, but the Bible still encourages us to be persistent in prayer. So what is in the mind of a persistent prayer warrior? What what should he know when he prays persistently or when he or she is praying persistently? Um, what does he expect? I think someone who <clears throat> prays uh, persistently, um, someone who has faith in God that um, he will answer the prayers, just like the widow in Luke 18, um, uh, the widow and the unjust judge, she kept on coming to the uh, to the judge, asking him to give him um, justice every time, every time. Uh, what was uh, in her mind, I think it was faith in this judge that he will eventually come to uh, you know, give him what she what she wanted. So I think when we persist in prayer, I think the 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 perspective or the the posture in what, what really directs our persistency. It's not that maybe when we uh, when we persist, we will untwist God, we will make God do this because we we have been doing this over and over again. But really, it's about us having faith in God, that uh, God will do what he said he will do. So it's for us to persist in prayer and seek him um, every time. Because uh, I think uh, prayer has a complexity in its own, in its own self compared uh, as in, in, in the perspective of God. Because uh, I think God knows the perfect time for us to have our answers. So at some times, maybe he will not answer our prayer immediately because maybe we are not ready to receive that answer the way uh, we are. Yeah, we are not ready to receive that answer. And sometimes he may answer instantly. Yeah, so I think um, being persistent in prayer, it's not to untwist God, but really it's because we have faith in God and we trust that because he, we have said he, she, he, God has said, uh, He has promised that He will do what He said. He said, then uh, we ought to persist and seek Him. Yeah. Hmm. So that maybe you have something to add to what David has said. Yes. Uh, number one, it's very important to note 
that when we persist in prayer, I think one thing that should constantly be in our minds is the desire to build our relationship with Christ. Unless we have a relationship with Christ, uh, whatever we ask for, I don't know, but our relationship with Christ, as we persist, God makes known his will to us. We get to grow, the intimacy grows. So we persist in prayer, not only because we want to keep making our needs known to him and present our desires to him, but also that we may get to a place of intimacy, that we may have a very solid relationship with him. Uh, and another thing that is very important in persistence in prayer, sometimes we can be very persistent in prayer and we get to a point where we actually trust our prayers, that the focus shifts from God to us. The, the, the manner in which we pray, probably the words that I use, the vocabulary, we, 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 we can at times trust our prayers that, eh, hey, the way I've prayed today, God must answer that. It should, even as we persist, we still persist having in mind that the sovereign will of the Father has to be done. Yes. I wanted to add something also. I think, uh, as I was saying, that yes, we persist. Be, uh, the perspective we need to have is that of faith. I think when God comes to answer our prayers, he answers our prayers because of our faith. And that faith is showed in persistency. Uh, in Luke 18, verse 8, at the end of that story about the widow and the unjust judge, says, um, it says, um, maybe I'll just para pa paraphrase. It says, okay. Okay. will the son of man find faith? He comes. So, will, will, will the son of man, will God find faith when, when he comes? Faith like that of that uh, widow when he kept on coming to, you know, because she had faith. So, I, I think... God answers that kind of faith. I think also um, something that, that, that comes to mind when, when we are persistent in prayer, we've, we've mentioned that it needs to be in line with the will of God. Mm -hmm. So even when we are persisting, we are persisting knowing that the will of God will happen. Yeah. So we, we need to, 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 I think the more you grow in faith, the more you get to, to trust God, mm -hmm. even in his will, that his will is good, mm -hmm. despite... Um, our desires, despite our the things that we consider are necessary or the things that we want, we, we get to trust that his will is good. So even when we are persisting in prayer, we are praying that this good will of the Lord gets to come to pass. And we have faith that it will definitely come to pass. Yeah, um, I think that, that's something that um, struck me as I was listening to, 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 to that sermon. Uh, I think my next question is... Um, about personal prayers. Um, why, why do you think it is important to have a discipline, to develop this discipline of per personal prayer? Um, is, it, is it not enough to come to church where we will definitely find people who pray and we will join them in prayer? There is an atmosphere of reverence. But when I go home, that, that reverence that, that maybe I am dependent on is not there. So why... Why is it important to have personal prayers? It's not enough. It's not enough. <laughs> it's not <laughs> enough. Why? Why? Yes, it's not enough. Uh, <laughs> 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 to go first. 
Uh-huh. Well, corporate prayers are very amazing. Corporate prayers are good. But personal prayers are very important. Because number one, corporate prayers are an expression, or rather uh, they show how our personal prayers actually are, is, rather is. Uh, and again, I'd still get back to relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. Unless I have a very personal relationship with Christ, uh, coming to pray communally uh, or corporately still becomes a problem, you know. And it, you see, when you are uh, personal prayers are done privately, and when you you are in your private place with the Lord, it's a place, it's a safe place, a place where you 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 are you get to open up. You are very free, cause on, in all in all honesty, there are things I would not mention when we are praying corporately. You know, there are things I will not ask of the Lord when we are we are many in a room. But when you get to pray personally, there are things that you get to let the Father know. Uh, again, it's very important to have personal prayers because sometimes when we pray. It's important that we, we we tell Christ that I'm at your feet, would you speak? So, yeah, I think it's very important for us to have these personal prayers because they, they actually help us to have a very solid relationship with Christ. I think our relationship with Christ is very, very important because we, again, as we have personal prayers, Christ is also communicating. We are, we are talking to him and he is also talking back. So and he sends us back to his word where we he he communicates uh, and yes it's personal prayers are important unless my personal prayer life is okay corporate prayers will not work have ever gone to church or rather have you ever had someone say people were praying and I had prayed for five minutes and people are still going on for even 30 minutes and you're wondering what someone is saying. Well, it's not all about the duration that one takes in, in prayer, but you realize if you do not, if your personal prayer is not okay, praying corporately becomes a problem. You do not even have enough time to, you, you do not have the intimacy. Yes. Before before David gets to answer that, you've you've mentioned something I'd like to also uh, get get a bit deeper into into. Um, there's a feeling of reverence that we get sometimes when we pray, mm-hmm. even corporately, where we are in announcement. A lot of people are praying, then you feel like the Lord has come down and He is actually listening to you. Um, what what should be our attitude towards this reverence? Because sometimes it's not there when i've had well sometimes we even say that hey, today i don't feel like praying mm-hmm. um what 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 should we do at that particular point where we do not feel very close to god in quotes when we pray should we just ignore it and uh keep on praying or should we pause and look for another time to pray how, how should we respond to that wow okay that's um have you ever found yourself there <laughs> yeah i actually have how how did you respond to interesting <laughs> well okay um well there is there is that time when 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 that happens i think it's 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 a season i've gone through where i think the lord teaches us not to trust in our feelings mm-hmm. yeah. or or 
we, we need to have faith that he listens because he says he listens uh we need to trust him that he is present and he will not let us go even in that time so i think it's it's a discipline to cultivate that um zeal to move past that absence of reverence that is there because mm-hmm. it is not always a good time when we get to seek the lord um in prayer it is not always when we feel like we are exactly. in a prayerful yeah, mood sure. that we get to to seek the lord in prayer yeah, i think you've answered it <laughs> you you've asked the question and yeah i think that's that's true because prayer prayer is a discipline we need to discipline ourselves um <clears throat> in this aspect uh when when we when when it comes to prayer it's it's about disciplining ourselves it's not about our emotions or maybe um m- maybe because of the surroundings maybe because of the music or because of anything but it's a discipline it's a discipline we ought to cultivate over and over so when we feel ah kuna venye we just uh continue praying we continue praying there's no i think either way about it mm. me what i do for me personally i when i i reach at that point i will take my bible and just read the scripture and it keeps me going and i just meditate about god and yeah also that it's it's part of praying when we continue to meditate when we continue to just uh yeah think about god and all that i i i think we we will not um it will keep us going keep us praying yeah okay um one of the things that um kuria denis kuria uh preached about what he said during his sermon on mm-hmm. watch out oh okay. uh okay I'll, I'll, before okay. you go to the next <laughs> sermon i wanted okay. to say something yeah, yeah. Uh, I, i uh the question you asked about christ i think Christ uh, about sorry about uh, personal prayers. Mm-hmm. I think Christ is our best example because those times when he was working with his disciples and uh, maybe at night he would go and be alone and and pray so I think he's our example and also another thing also it's about uh, friendship. There's this hymn that says what a friend we have in Jesus. And so like what a friend we have in Jesus uh he's our friend and if you want to maybe go be be um you know grow that bond with a friend you ought to uh set up some time and just be with them and talk about things just like a relationship you go and be alone with that person and you talk and talk and talk and in that you you get to know more and uh, know more about that person it's the same way about personal prayers there's some things we can't know about god when we are just corporate because there's i think there's a lot of you know n- not really bad hindrance but it it prevents us from going deeper to know god so i think when we when we are alone with god it it builds our relationship with him more and more yeah okay um As, as as i was saying 
um, one of the things Kuria said uh, about and that could help us stay clear of, of false doctrine was to pray uh, to the Lord for we are prone to wonder. I think that that would be a good place to to shift to the second sermon about watching out mm-hmm. uh, for false doctrine. So um, I think that I help us understand uh, what does it mean when we say we are prone to wonder and why do we say we are prone to wonder? Uh, well, when we say we are prone to wonder, um, being prone is being likely. So when we say we are prone to wonder, we are likely to move away from the presence of the Lord. We are likely to, yes, we are likely to move away from the presence of the Lord. We are likely not to listen to him as he speaks. And the reason why we are prone to wonder, I think number one is because of our sinful nature. Men are sinful. Uh, and yes, in, in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2 depicts three things that are very key uh, that believers should know. That is the flesh, the world, and the devil. We all know that uh, the world, the system of the world is contrary to the system of the Lord. So sometimes if, if we do not watch out, then we are likely to move away from the presence of the Lord and be conformed to the world. Again, we are likely to gratify the desires of the flesh. And sometimes if if we are not communing with God and if we, are, if we are not watching out, it would be very easy for us to heed the devil and, and probably obey him and do as he wishes. So, yes. Just, just before we continue, I'd like to encourage our listeners, uh, well, to, to, to go actually uh, watch or listen to the sermon, watch out. It is posted in the same um, podcast or YouTube channel that you will find this episode. I think when you listen to that, um, you will be better informed as you listen to us today. But um, as we continue, uh, David, I think I'd ask um, well, the same question I said. Why, why do we say we are prone to wonder? To wonder. What shows that we are prone to wonder? What happens to people? But when you look at them, and then you say these people are prone to wonder, people being us, does it also apply to believers? Yes, um, it also applies to us as believers, because uh, as she has said, uh, there's the flesh, we still have our flesh, we don't have the glorified bodies yet, and we are still in this world which is corrupted, the devil is still at loose, you know. And so I think uh, uh, we are really likely to wander. So, uh, and also, also one thing to mention about the deceitfulness of our hearts. I think our hearts are deceitful and uh, if we don't really watch out uh, what is really the intentions and the motives of our hearts we we are prone to go to 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 go away from the presence of God or lean to our flesh lean to our own understanding yeah I think um, try recalling our theme for this semester about Christ's sheep Christ's sheep 
hear his voice. I think it, it also paints a pretty good picture about us being sheep. Um, this was mentioned by Winnie during the theme exposition and also by Kuria, that we are sheep. Um, a sheep is weak in strength. A sheep is foolish uh, in the mind. So they will definitely uh, try to stray away from the shepherd and go out into the world where wolves would actually get to them. I think when, when also when we talk about we are prone to wonder, it also refers to us as believers, uh, especially that we, we, we are sinful in that we really want to hear this false doctrine because it is very satisfying to our body. It's very satisfying to our ears because yeah. it tells us about things that we would get in this world um, a lot. So, um, as, as we continue, um, where do we get uh, false doctrine? What does the Bible say when the sources of this false doctrine? Um, yeah, I think any of us can, 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 can take that up. What, what does the Bible say is the source of false doctrine? Uh, maybe I'll, I'll start say, um in First Kings chapter 22, verse 23, maybe I'll read um, where, where there's, there's this, uh, the prophets of, the prophets of Ahab. Let me just read. So now the Lord has put a deceiving spirit in the mouth of all these prophets of yours. The Lord has decreed disaster for you. Okay, let me begin from verse 22. By what means? Okay, from verse 21, sorry. Finally, a spirit came forward, stood before the Lord and said, I will entice them. I will entice him. By what means? The Lord asked. I will go out and be a deceiving spirit in the mouths of all his prophets. He said, you will succeed in enticing him, said the Lord. Go and do it. So um, this was King Ahab, and at this time, God was not happy with him. And so God was intending to punish him. And so it, it was a form of judgment. Yeah, it was a form of judgment. Judgment from God. Yes, judgment from God. So I think one of the source is, is judgment. Uh, like, you have decided to uh, disobey me, you have decided to go to your own ways and then it's like uh how romans 1 from verse 18 as you go where god says where it says god gave god gave them over to their unrighteous deeds to their wickedness so like sometimes it's it's judgment god leaves them to their own you know to continue this into their own deception yeah Okay. Um, Seda, anything to add? Yeah. False doctrine and false teaching also arises from the false teachers actually identifying the needs of the people. Then now they present something that these people would want to hear. Something that would suit their situation better. So, yes. Hmm. So, pardon? It arises from uh, false teachers identifying the needs of the people. Mm -hmm. Or rather a gap 
and then coming up with something that these people would want to hear, something that will entice them, something that will suit whatever it is that they lack. So demands from the people. Yes, yeah. demands from the people. Hmm. Like Second Timothy 4 verse 3 to 4 says that uh, a time will come when people will, uh, like they'll have itchy ears, they want to hear something good. Yeah, so uh, they'll, they'll put before them uh, teachers, preachers, prophets who will just tell them what they want to hear. Yeah. So, mm, interesting. So how, how do we identify these false teachers? Um, can we give out characteristics that we can actually tell someone, if you see this, this is a false teacher? Um, to begin with, to know a false teacher, number one, they cause division. Yes, they cause division amongst the believers or rather, yes, they cause division. And number two, they, they pervert the gospel of Christ that Christ did not actually finish everything at the cross, that there are still generational curses that you have to deal with, there are a number of things that you have to do for you to actually get to receive blessings from God. And even these blessings, they, me they measure so much on the material blessings, you know. So yeah, they pervert the gospel of Christ. And how to identify them is, first of all, get to know what is true. Unless you know the truth, you cannot differentiate what is true from what is false. And the only way to know what is true is to have the word of God in your heart. Read it, meditate on it day and night. Yes. David, anything to add? Okay. Another thing is that they serve their belly. <laughs> At least they help us understand that. They serve... <laughs> Um, so if I see, see someone with a big belly, they are false teacher. Not really. They, when I say belly, I mean themselves. They serve self. Okay. It's more about them and not about helping the people. It's about their fame, their popularity, the money. And so uh, you will just know them by maybe some of them just have riches which are just abnormal and for a preacher, you you just wonder how how like what's the meaning of this? So I think uh, uh, you will know them by also their intentions, uh, how they they preach, how how they you know interpret their sermons. It's always to to fit them, to show them that to show the people that uh, they need to do this so that they can. They can uh, they can get something. I love for another thing is that they they create obstacles to enslave people. Like she has said about gen gen what generational curses. Um, they they make you believe that there's there's something wrong with you, so you have to do this so that you can get this. So in the long run. They have put an obstacle to show you that they are the only people they have your solution. So you have to maybe give them something, do this so that uh, you can, you know, you can, you can be healed or you can get something or your prayers can be answered. So they create obstacles. Yeah. Mm. 
Okay, actually, uh, when 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 I'm reading the the main text that Dennis used, it was Romans 16, um, 17 to 20. Um, I think I'll, I'll read. Uh, now I urge you, brethren, note note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learned, and avoid them. For those who are such do not deserve our Lord Jesus Christ. Do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. And by smooth words and flattering speech, deceive the hearts of the simple. I think this can help us also pick out uh, some of the characteristics that we mm-hmm. see. Um, well, they cause divisions and offenses, contrary to the doctrine which they had learned. Um, they serve their own belly, as you told us. And, 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 and by smooth words and flattering speech, deceive the hearts of the simple. I think... This is also part of the reason why it is very difficult to identify them, for they they have smooth words and and, and flattering speech that that are that easily entice the sheep yeah. um, that are prone to wander. And so, um, what what should be our response in light of this? What should be our response as Christians um, to false teachers, specifically, according to what we have learned from the word? Yes, um, it would be very important to pray for these false teachers. And we pray that they may come to light, that they, they may know what is true, or rather if they already know what is true but are just obeying their own will and gratifying the desires of their own flesh, that they may actually come to a point of obeying God and we pray that they may get to know what is true and get to represent Christ as he is, represent the true gospel, that they may stop leading people astray. And again, the Bible tells us in verse 17, I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching you have learned. Keep away from them. Mm-hmm. So yes, keep away from them. So, so how, how about this brother? or let's say friend of mine, who my classmate, who I know, follows a, a preacher who I know is a false teacher. What should I do with him or her? Maybe it can help us un, uh, unpack that a little bit. Uh, I think I have a couple of those friends. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, just keep them close as friends and not only... Uh, just being friends but sharing the gospel with them i think it's not it's not good to like bash them and you know just not associating with them uh making them feel like outcasts but really showing the love of christ and accommodating them as you share the truth with them not not really um approving of what they are doing but also uh, not also uh, uh, forgetting to share the truth with them, mm. you know. So I think also another thing is to pray for them. Pray for them that even as you continue to share the truth with them, they, God will convict their hearts to change. Yeah, there's a quote that says, uh, um, what, what is it? Love... Oh. Wait, I, I forgot the quote. <laughs> I think as, 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 as you recall, 
um i'm i'm, I'm reminded also of when when um when we are called to also share the gospel and make disciples mm-hmm. that that these two these people too are not an exception mm-hmm. when when we are told to go to the nations to the ends of the earth to make disciples uh, of Christ followers of Christ Jesus i think also they are not an exception but we also trek with caution because we have to remember we are prone to wander that whatever they subscribe to or have been misled to can easily just as mislead us Mm-hmm. um we we thank the lord for he has saved us and kept us um but also we we need not ignore them mm-hmm. uh, i remember <laughs> <laughs> okay I remember okay. the quote it says truth without love is brutality and uh, um love without truth is hypocrisy so it's not only about showing them love but also telling them the truth so that we may not be hypocritical and also uh sharing it with love sharing the truth with love so that you may not be brutal and just chase them away by bashing them because you are telling them the truth yeah uh okay um i think i just have one last question and as as we get to answer this one we can be thinking about what what what's your parting shot to to our listeners so um do false teachers know that they are false teachers do they get do they know that they are actually not teaching um the word of the lord and if so what does that teach us as believers i think we can start with said uh to begin with i'd say there are those who know that whatever they are preaching is not true because number one, they use the scriptures. And anyone who reads the scripture knows that this is God's word, you know. They know that whatever they are preaching is false. But because they want to, because of self-wisdom, they decide for themselves what is what path to follow, you know. So yes, as long as someone is using the scriptures to preach, they'll definitely know that this is the word of God and it's actually true because God is God is truth, Cindy. So they know actually. There are those who know, but because of their own they are like the Bible says they are serving their own bellies. They decide to do whatever pleases them. But again, there are those who do not know and they could not be knowing because if if the first gospel they ever received or rather if the first teaching they ever received was a false one and that is what they grew up believing they could actually continue with that. unless someone really points calls that out and tells them that whatever you're preaching is wrong ama whatever you you're listening to isn't right they'll continue with that yes Divi, briefly i think yeah i she's she said uh there are some who know but also there are some who uh by virtue of how they've been brought up they end up not knowing they are they end up being self deceived and so they also continue deceiving others because they don't know they they are already deceived so i think for us uh, you you asked what we are supposed to do as christians Mm, yeah what does that mean for us as Christians I think we we have to remain cautious and also 
doesn't mean that if now someone doesn't uh, know maybe he's self-deceived uh, that now we should somehow you know uh, walk with them mama uh, keep on uh, listening to them and all that hoping they will change not really because um, it, it's something very critical it is something to deal with our faith so we we have to be cautious and uh, yeah we have to be cautious about it okay uh, I think I'll give us just uh, less than a minute each to to give us a parting shot but mine would be something that Denny said uh, in his sermon he said that our faith is more valuable than gold. He he said that well it is actually more valuable than gold. So if we cannot leave gold on the table, you know, and leave the door open to our house because it is just as valuable then to our faith, we should guard it with even more zeal, uh, even more jealously. Um I think that, that that's what uh, I learned. That was the greatest take away from the sermon so just briefly as we conclude uh, our episode today so i'll start yeah you can start uh say um maybe to our listeners uh let us know our god so that we may know who god is not when he is being preached out there let us really labor in knowing who god is yeah and i think we will be safe because uh when we when we know our god then i think when we know the original notes we will know what the fake note is yeah so thank you aha uh-huh. to everyone watching and listening um ad- advisors to ensure that our foundation is built on christ that we have christ as the foundation Every other thing stems from that. Have your foundation as Christ. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh thank you so much also for listening wherever you are. Let's keep this conversation going in the comments, in the social media platforms. Let's keep this conversation uh, conversation about divine dialogue and uh watching out. Uh tell us what you think, tell us what you learned. Uh, try tell us what you think we may have said wrong because um, we may okay again we are men as we have um, said before uh, so I think my last passion well passion wow okay uh, l- l- let's do that again <laughs> please like share and subscribe to the channel but especially share share it with a neighbor share it with a friend let them learn uh well let us learn from each other so that we keep on getting edified follow us on our social media platform in youtube at jquatcu that is j k u a t c u uh facebook and uh, telegram at jquat christian union x at jquatcu and our website is www.jkuatcu.org that is www.jquatcu.org once again my name is Luby and this is After Service Life. See you next time.